Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, welcome to Hollywood Crime Scene. This is Rachel Fisher. Hi, this is Desi Jenikin. Hey. Oh, is, that looks good. Is this our test? This No, this is our real show, but I, oh, I can okay. cut that out. Okay. Okay. So uh, let's... Start off the show by thanking the past two weeks of patrons because we missed last week. Right. And uh, all right. So this week, we, these past two weeks, we had Joby, Alice, Chelsea, Jennifer, Kelly, Taylor, Leah, Stephanie, Emily, Louisa, Amanda, Buckeye, Bridget, F, F Solomon. Peter, Brandon, Sandra, Zoe, Abby, something called the Sip and Shine podcast. Oh, I love getting supported from other podcasts. Yeah, that's really that's nice. Sweet. Cool. We'll check you guys out. Patty, Phoebe, Courtney, Sully, Taylor, Kelly, Christina, Drake, Virginia, Danielle, Abigail, Vanessa, Kiki and Taylor. Damn. Thank you guys. Of- <laughs> we got a lot of support the past two weeks. That's yeah, great. Thank Thanks, you guys. guys. We uh, have like a real cult now. I love it. I love our <laughs> Patreon cult. If you guys want to join our Patreon cult, I guess that's what we're calling it now. Uh, we just we just decided this very second. You can go to patreon.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene and there you will find probably like a hundred bonus episodes. Right. So it's a lot. You can get some uh, co- more content for when we uh, accidentally have a technical difficulty. Oh, God. All right. We're going to talk about it. We <laughs> promised we would talk about it. So last week, we were supposed to release an episode, and we couldn't because we had a major technical snafu. And what that means is, is that one of our mics had a very serious issue and did not work. So we did not get the audio for the very special interview that we did with my friend, Josh Raffay, who is the director of the fabulous docu-series called Lorena, which is now streaming on Amazon Prime. You should all go watch it if you haven't yet. I have some people have been discussing it already in our Facebook group. Right. But we did like a, an hour-long interview with my friend Josh. right. And I was so excited. I was like, I had been planning to interview him probably for the last five months. Yeah. Whenever, like, he first, like, let me and Brendan know that he was doing this thing with Jordan Peele. Like, I, I mean, this was, like, something that was, like, in the making for so long. And I was so excited for it. And then after he left my house... I listened to the audio and I was like, oh, tight. It's just me and Desi talking to nothing <laughs> because his mic didn't work. Because of a dumb technical difficulty that we had, which I figured out what it was. And I mean, I was pretty devastated. I spent like the next 24 hours just feeling mortified. Like I wanted to crawl into a hole and die because I felt like, oh my God, we've been planning this for so long. And like, I was so excited. And like Josh made this really important documentary and it is really important and you guys should definitely watch it. It's, it was disappointing, but yeah. you can check out the documentary. You can yeah. go re-listen to our uh, show, which I think we touched upon a lot of the same things we talked yeah. about. So <clears throat> yeah, yeah, and obviously I asked about the penis pictures because right. I'm the serious journalist of the two. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so that's unfortunate, but we will in the future have other interviewees on the show. Uh, that is something we plan on doing, so buckle up. But uh, <laughs> And we actually figured out what was wrong with our sound, so yeah. Okay. Um, anything else to report from this week? No. No? Mm-mm. Did you have a sad salad today or anything? No, I had some uh, sad juice. Oh. Uh, almond milk. Oh. It's pretty sad. I also had that today. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually drinking a little bit of it. I was I had a sip of it 
before, so I don't, so I can stay energized for oh the show. God. Nothing more energizing than almond milk. <laughs> <clears throat> That's like people who have successfully detoxed off caffeine and they're like, I'm able to just start my day with herbal tea. Right. I mean, we've discussed how I feel about the handful of almonds. Right. Like I'm not having five almonds for an energizing 4 p.m. snack to get me through the rest of my day. Right. That's not happening. Right. So I'm pretty upset. <laughs> I'm angry when I can't eat a lot of food. <laughs> I hear you. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... Today's case is about a woman who the press dubbed the Tiger Woman. Mm. And when I first saw an article talking about the Tiger Woman, I don't know what I was reading. I was like, oh, Tiger Woman. Well, that's got to be interesting. Yeah. Because you don't call someone a Tiger Woman unless they did something really wild. Like mauled someone. (laughs) Right. Well, we'll get into that. Okay. Okay. So our story begins in 1899 in Houston, Texas. That is where Clara Phillips was born. And at the age of 14, she met and fell in love with a 17-year-old man named Armour Lee Phillips. And they ran off to LA together and got married. I mean, that is really young. Yeah, very young. But she was like head over heels for this guy. His name's Armour, okay? I mean, he sounds strong. He could be very buff. <laughs> Armour became a successful Armour became successful working as an oil stock salesman and was able to provide a very comfortable life in Los Angeles for his wife. Clara occasionally worked as a chorus girl and background actor. But in 1922, Armour was struggling financially and his spark for Clara appeared to be dimming. It was alleged that he now had a thing for 21-year-old bank clerk and recent widow, Alberta Meadows. Because, you know, as soon as her husband died, he's like, gotta, gotta get on that. Yeah. She's finally free. <laughs> hey, baby. How are you widowed at 21? I mean... I didn't see how he died, her husband. Maybe she was with a really old guy. I don't know. Right. But I didn't see how he died. But I, I do think it's... Um, of course, I immediately like gave this, did not give this guy the benefit of the doubt and immediately went to him like, oh, you asshole, you're yeah. going right to her after her husband dies. Right. But he maybe have died. Maybe like, he was comforting her and it turned and, into something. And his dick started comforting <laughs> yeah. her instead. Yes. It started comforting <laughs> So Armour was spending less and less time with his own wife and more time trying to romance Alberta. He apparently took what little money he had to buy her expensive gifts, including a car, new tires, and a wristwatch. This information was supplied to Clara by her friend, Mrs. Julian McElroy, who had a reputation for being the town gossip. I love her already. They lived next... The Phillips... The Phillipses lived next door to Mrs. McElroy, and she would just fucking talk shit and gossip. And so she's like, Clara, you better keep an eye on uh, your man because he just bought this chick who works at the bank downtown a wristwatch, a car, and new tires. Imagine getting the car and then the wristwatch. Like, I'd be disappointed, right? You You want the wristwatch first? Yeah. The wristwatch. I mean, come on. Did they put bows on cars back in those days? They even had cars? What, what year is this? This is 1920. Okay. Two. Uh, right. Okay. So she was born in 18-something. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I like the idea of the town gossip because it's like, who is still telling them things after they get that reputation? Right. I mean, that is like, you want to get something out. You right. go to them, right? Right. So this obviously infuriated Clara. And so she met up with her friend and fellow chorus girl, Peggy Caffey, at a speakeasy in Long Beach to vent about her husband's alleged affair and to talk shit about this Alberta Meadows bitch over drinks. Right. And they got fucking shit-faced together. Wow. I mean, because Peggy's husband had also been kind of a dick at that point, so both of them were just at the speakeasy getting drunk and talking shit about their husbands. And then they drunk drove home in their Model T. (laughs) That's honestly very close to what happened. (laughs) Okay. So soon after... On Tuesday, July 11th, Clara and Peggy were at a five and dime store together. And this is where Clara purchased a claw hammer. (laughs) The next day, 
Wednesday, July 12th, Clara was still fuming about Alberta. And she told Peggy, look, I just want to talk to this bitch. Yeah. So they went downtown to the bank where Alberta was employed and they waited until like 5 p.m. when she was off work. Like they waited outside the bank. Then they followed Alberta as she walked to her car and confronted Alberta at her car. I love old school trash. Yeah, this it's is like oh, do 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 do. We're still trapped. <laughs> We're still like queenettes. <laughs> We're gonna kick your ass. <laughs> like I just love it. Like totally. that that always existed. There were... It wasn't just like growing up on Long Island, right? Like girls named Teresa. <laughs> Wait, the, I mean, these girls. Are these like... are like from the twenties, and they're like confronting a bitch right. about a man. They're like, I just want to talk. Yeah. I just want to talk. I bought my claw. <laughs> My claw hammer. What's it called? A claw hammer. A claw hammer for backup. Right. It's like it's like the nineteen twenties baseball bat. Totally. <laughs> so, Clara and Peggy approached Alberta at her car, and Clara was like, "Hey, um, I was wondering if you could give us a ride to my sister's house," which is crazy to me that they thought that that was a plan that was going to work because they don't even know Alberta. They just know of her. And Alberta knew Mrs. McElroy actually because she had been over to Mrs. McElroy's house before. So she was like kind of on the periphery of the social circle, I guess. But they didn't know her. They weren't friends with her. They just approached her after work and were like, hey, can you give us a ride to my sister's house? And for some reason, Alberta said yes. It was a different time. <laughs> I mean, this is like even more trippy to me than like all the hitchhiking that went down in the seventies. Yeah, where it's like you just. What was their plan to get her in the car and then confront her while she's driving? I mean, well, you'll see. Okay, okay. So they get in the car, <laughs> and Alberta drove the girls up a hill in Montecito Heights, where no one else was around. That's where they instructed her to drive. Like, yeah, just go up this hill. I know where that is. I live right by Montecito Heights. Okay, uh-huh. so they're on the east side, and. Clara told her to stop the car, and they're at the top of this hill. No one else is there. It's just these three girls. Clara and Alberta exited the car together, and Clara began angrily confronting Alberta about her affair with her husband. She reportedly told Alberta, Alberta, you're dirtier than a dog. (laughs) (laughs) Which is also like, that's like the 1920s Jersey girl. Right. You, you fucking skank. whore. Yeah, you skank. She's like, you're dirtier than a dog. And Al- you're dirtier than a dog. And Alberta shot back to her. She was like, I'm not much, I'm not any dirtier than you are. Whoa. And 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 then Clara was like, no, get your own insult. You can't just use mine and repeat it back to me. I hate when people do that. I know. So Peggy then got out of her car next. Alberta swore that she wasn't having an affair with Clara's husband, but this made Clara flew into a rage because she's like, oh, now you're going to lie to my face? Right. You know? You can fuck my husband, but don't lie to me. (laughs) Don't lie to me about fucking him. (laughs) I I love that because it's like, as if... If you told the truth, it would have calmed me down. Right. Like, <laughs> if you said, yeah, I fuck your husband, he comes up me every night, <laughs> she would have been like, oh, okay. That's all I was looking for was an honest answer. I just want the truth. I just want you the truth. You know what? Clara was looking for a fight. Yeah. She was like, I just want to fucking hit this bitch. You don't buy a claw hammer if you're not looking for a fight. Like, I don't even know what that tool is for. <laughs> it's a regular for- <laughs> hammer. That's just what they call a hammer. Oh. Oh, okay. The... Other hammer, is it the ball peen hammer? Oh, that's the one that doesn't have the... um... Doesn't have the claw on the end of it. Oh, okay, okay. It's just like what you think of when you think of a hammer. Right, because that's the part that pulls the nail out. Right. Look, I know about science. (laughs) (laughs) That's science, right? That goes under the science category in Trivial Pursuit. Absolutely. Okay. Do you know what a hammer looks like? (laughs) Yes. So, Alberta swears she's not having an affair with Clara's husband, Clara then removed the hammer from her purse and began attacking Alberta with it, just like hitting her on the face. Wow. And Alberta is obviously screaming, mm-hmm. and she's like screaming for Peggy to help her. Like, dude, your friend is attacking me with a hammer. Peggy's like, bitch, I know. We planned this. <laughs> <laughs> so Peggy briefly tried to intervene, but then she was like, no, I'm not getting involved yeah. in this. Clara's crazy. Like, right. I don't want to get hit by Clara she's like, next. you know what? I don't intervene. <laughs> you know what? I'm setting a boundary. Yeah. That's what that's what Peggy did. She's like, I'm setting a boundary against both of you guys until right. you calm down and take a breath. Right. You so, guys need to work this out. <laughs> this is not my problem. 
So Alberta ran down the hill and Clara ran after her, continuing to attack her, leaving Alberta bloodied and battered. Then somehow Clara managed to roll a 50 pound boulder on top of Alberta. What? <laughs> that is like, what the hell? I don't know how she managed to do that, but where, she... where was the boulder? <laughs> Just a boulder? She like rolled what it down this, the like, hill. The fucking Flintstones. <laughs> And then her meat turned the car over. Her big rack of ribs <laughs> flipped the car. Oh my I god! Yeah, were I they in a quarry? <laughs> Dude, they were in Montecito Heights. I mean, I know. I know. Was, I've I'm, been there, but it's like I know it was a lot more rural then. Shit. But like a boulder. She just found this boulder. She's like, oh, this is a good weapon. She's like the she's like the mom who saves their child. Right. That's <laughs> like, what I was thinking. Like, like, like she's so, in, but it's like the evil version. Right. Like she uses it for evil instead of yeah. to save someone. She gets that Hulk strength that comes Can over you. Can you even imagine the nerve of rolling a boulder? Like, how would you do that? I don't know. Like, but you feel she like did it. in that in those few seconds, you'd be like, you know what? This is insane. <laughs> she's probably gonna bleed out soon. Yeah. She's gonna die of concussion. I mean, the hammer was enough. Right. But no, she's like, I want to make sure you're really fucking dead. Jesus. Yeah. They left Alberta lying dead at the bottom of the hill. Peggy was obviously shook after the whole thing that she just witnessed. And her and Clara fled the scene in Alberta's car. Clara dropped Peggy off and then went home where she parked the car in her own driveway. A blood-soaked Clara went inside to her husband and told him, Look what you made me do. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Could you, I mean, that is like the last thing you want to see is someone coming into your house covered in blood saying, look what you made me do. You'd be like, I did not make you do this. I would sigh so hard because I'd just be like, now I have to deal with this bullshit. That's essentially what he did. Yeah. So Armour Phillips helped his wife dispose of the evidence. Oh, really? Yes. First, he followed her in Alberta's car where they dumped the vehicle off somewhere in Pomona. Then he drove Clara to the train station and sent her on a one-way trip to El Paso. It's like just that like, sounds like a Buck Owens song or something. On a, a one-way, one-way trip, trip to, to El Paso. <laughs> totally. <laughs> <laughs> that is like too cliche. <laughs> it's like if I, if I it's actually it's not about a trip. It's about something emotional. <laughs> It's a country song. It's like, I'd be like, calm down, Armour. You don't need to send me to El Paso. Just send me to fucking Cleveland. I don't know. Like, whatever. El Paso. Okay. But after Clara was gone, the feelings of guilt overcame Armour, and so he called his lawyer and spilled the beans. Then he called the police. When police found the body of Alberta Meadows, she was without her identification, but it wouldn't be long until her identity was discovered. With the phone call that Armour Phillips made, police also had their main suspect in the brutal murder, 23-year-old Clara Phillips. Just two days later, on July 14, 1922, Clara Phillips was apprehended by police in Arizona and taken back to L.A. By this time, Peggy Caffey had also flipped on Clara and was able to positively identify her friend as the murderer. Peggy also positively identified three diamond rings that were in Clara's possession at the time of her arrest. They were not Clara's rings. They were actually Alberta's, and she had stolen them off her corpse. Wow. To add insult to injury. Yeah. She's like, these are nice. Yeah. I think she probably thought she was owed those rings. Probably. Of the gifts her husband bought. Right. Right? Peggy told the DA that she feared for her life after ratting out her friend Clara. I mean, I, I don't blame her for fearing for her life. I mean, Clara seems unhinged. Yeah. Right? Definitely. (laughs) She told of how Clara threatened her if she said anything. While in custody, Clara's cell was right next to Madeline Obenchain, another murderess, who I was going to, thinking about talking about in this episode, but I decided we'll save her case for a future episode. Maybe in two weeks. we'll We'll do her. But she's sharing... Like, she's, like, right next to this other murderess who's making headlines at the time. Okay. So I thought that was interesting. I'm like, oh, they're, yeah. like, together. It's, like, if they had Twitter back then, people would be, like, true detective season right. four. <laughs> this is the buddy cop I want. Yes. It's the buddy cop movie. Name a more iconic duo. I dare you. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So Armour Phillips denied ever having an affair, and he also stated that he would stand by his wife during this ordeal and that he would provide her the best legal defense. And Clara's attorneys decided to go with the insanity defense. The trial began October 20th, 1922. 
Clara's attorney's plan was to suggest that the love triangle between her husband and Alberta had flung their client into a jealous rage. The prosecution's star witness was, of course, Peggy Cathy, who on the stand described the murder in detail. When Clara took the stand, she alleged that it was actually Peggy, not her, who had struck Alberta with the hammer. Oh, bold move. It was. She was like, that's the one you want. She's the one who did it. And I tried to stop it, but my finger got hurt. And I was like, I'm dead serious. (laughs) My finger got hurt? She kind of fucked up her finger. I had a paper cut. (laughs) So... Come on. And 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 also whenever Peggy was on the stand, Clara kept going, Tell the truth, Peggy. Why on earth would Peggy give a fuck and murder someone? Like right. unless it was like a single white female situation. Right. Like it makes no sense. Like, honey, this is between you like and Like she Alberta. was in love with uh Clara or something. Like I mean right. yeah. So The defense entered Alberta's diary into evidence as a way to prove that she was, in fact, having an affair with Clara's husband. Because this was them proving that there actually was an affair going on was crucial to the defense. To be like, see, this can... She had reason. This was so... Their affair was immoral, and therefore it... She deserved to die. Yeah, just to add more sympathy to Clara. Right. Or make it seem like the victim was, it was like victim blaming almost. Because the truth of the matter is, if she thought it was real, it doesn't really matter if it was real or not. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying she should have murdered someone, but it's like that feeling would have been just the same as as if she was right or wrong, if she was right or wrong about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. They're really trying to victimize Clara as part of their defense. Yeah. So they enter the diary into evidence, and she had frequently written, Alberta had frequently written about a man named Dick, who everyone for some reason believed must have been a pseudonym for armor. Oh. I don't know how, but they were like, oh, they're t- that's Claire's husband, Clearly, Dick. Clearly, armor, must- Dick. She must- <laughs> <laughs> On June, um, okay, this is, these are some excerpts from the diary. Okay. On May 30th, she wrote... Dick hasn't phoned for two days. I wonder if he's out of town. <laughs> what? Dick is such a hilarious name. I'm sorry. I know I'm 12. Look. But how does it, how did that ever happen? I would love for the name Dick to come back into fashion. I believe it will come back. You can just picture some like Silver Lake dad yelling, Dick, Dicky. <laughs> like some cute little toddler rolls up in like a Ramon shirt. <laughs> On June 15th, she wrote, went to McElroy's last night and Dick was there. Oh, what a sad disappointment. I want to know more about that. we've all thought that. (laughs) (laughs) Who who amongst us has not thought Dick was a sad disappointment? (laughs) I agree. And I would like to know more about this diary entry, please. Right. I want to know what what went down at Mrs. McElroy's the Mm -hmm. night of June 15th. All right. So Mrs. McElroy, again, she's the town gossip and the neighbor of Clara and Armour Phillips. And she, like I said earlier, she was actually the one who introduced Armour to Alberta. In fact, Alberta actually had an entry in her diary where she did use Mr. Phillips by name. Like she said, like earlier in her diary before the stuff about Dick, she was like, I met Mr. Phillips tonight. Right. But then they assumed, oh, she continued to just call him Dick. Or maybe she switched it. To Dick, so people wouldn't know who it That's was. That's what I just yeah. said. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, bitch. <laughs> That's what I just said. That's what I was trying to say. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. So. You're not my Peggy anymore. <laughs> I'm not going to ask you to murder someone for me. <laughs> so. The defense also put Clara's sister, Ola Weaver, on the stand to testify on her family's history of mental illness. She told stories of their father, who would suffer what she called spells. I feel like everyone called them spells back then. Right. It was a catch-all. For right? any like For kind any... of mental like issue. Yeah. People would be like, For oh, sure. they had well, a spell. He's talking out his ass again. <laughs> 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm the queen of starting a free trial offer and forgetting to cancel it, oftentimes being charged for months for something I'm not even using. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. With Rocket Money, I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. It's definitely saved me money and now I can use that money to waste on things I do want. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. That's rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I've had a really stressful year with work and family stuff, and I know I'm not alone when I say I tend to push that stress down in order to get what I need done, done, and that only makes things worse. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. In the past, therapy has helped me navigate many situations from helping me to set boundaries to just becoming the best version of myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I love that it's entirely online, so it's convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash HCS today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash HCS. <laughs> so, uh, and these spells, Clara, Clara and Ola's father would be black out and become violent, basically, or just act deranged yeah. in some way. In one such instance, they caught their father trying to kiss the family horse. <laughs> this, excuse me? I'm one of his spells again. <laughs> Dick deep in a horse. <laughs> this, is a, this is a quote from Ola Weaver on the stand. One time he was trying to make a horse kiss him. He kept saying, kiss me, kiss me, but the horse would not kiss him. <sighs> like the horse has any like like the horse is making a decision no sam i told you once i told you twice like the horse right. refused right to kiss him the horse did the yeah. like Mr. the horse Ed. just put its bit back in his mouth and started eating hay my dad was furious <laughs> was furious yeah yeah he ended up hitting the horse and they were like dad stop so a burlesque performer named billy moody also testified on the stand she knew clara from their you know chorus girl dancing Uh days whatever and she also testified to clara's own history of spells saying that clara had suddenly fallen unconscious for five minutes during rehearsal and another time she violently smashed a water pitcher in their hotel room also, she trashed the hotel room, but then she would like snap out of her days soon after and just forget what happened. So she would have these sudden outbursts, and pe- uh, Billy would be like, "Whoa, what's going on? Get her a Snickers!" <laughs> right. During closing, during the closing statements, District Attorney Frick said, "Quote: Clara Phillips 
grabbed the dying girl by the throat as she lay on the ground, burying her thumbs into her flesh. She choked her and said, die, you redacted, which I assume is bitch. (laughs) Would they redact bitch? I mean, back in the day. In the 20s, yeah. Okay. They were, like, very chaste. Yeah. Die, you bitch. The press had, uh, okay, at this point, the press had dubbed Clara Phillips the Tiger Woman. On November 16th, 1922, Clara Phillips was found guilty of second-degree murder. She was sentenced 10 years to life. Clara would remain in L.A. County Jail before being transferred to prison. And on the morning of December 5th, Clara Phillips was found to be missing from her cell. The bars of her cell had been sawed off. It appeared that she had been aided by people on the outside to... It appeared? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it wasn't just like she did it herself. No, I mean, With like a spoon, but it was like, (laughs) oh, she had help. So they were like, oh, she must have had help uh, opening, making this opening with the saws. And it was a pretty narrow opening. They speculated that she escaped by... Going out of this opening, up onto the roof, then she made her way to an adjoining building where she then shimmied down a drain pipe, and then a car was waiting for her when she reached the outside of the jail, and footprints on the roof indicated that she had two accomplices to help her complete the escape. Okay. There was actually a pretty nifty diagram of this whole escape plan, which is pretty fun, (laughs) which they like diagrammed in the LA Times, if you want to look at it for a second. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. I took a better picture of it. See? She's like... Shimmying. Shimmying around. Yeah. Wiggle, wiggle. They use those, like, dashes to indicate where her... her... But, wait. Can we uh, reverse or rewind for a second? Yes. Why was she dubbed the Tiger Woman? I kept trying to find that out, and I, I just really couldn't find a compelling narrative for why they could have called her that. I think it was because, like, people thought she was kind of hot... Oh. And like uh, that she had this thousand watt smile. People always said that. And like, oh, like she's... a tiger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, honestly. And like, it was so cold blooded, the murder. Well, maybe it's just like man eater kind of I think, whatever. I think... All of my references go back to man eater. <laughs> the, the, the Hollow Notes man eater <laughs> video. Because I know women turn into tigers. <laughs> Rachel. I saw it in the man eater video. Also in the video for. Um, Fade by Kanye West. The woman oh. turns into a so tiger. So maybe there's some kind of like... Women are tigers. Women are when tigers. They're bad when, they're, girls. when they're horny, they like to fuck. And they'll kill you if they fuck. And I don't even think Clara was really horny. I think she was like, stay away from my husband. Yeah. Or maybe she stay was. She's from... like, he's not fucking me anymore. Right. Or or maybe it's the claw hammer. Like a claw. <laughs> <I'm> gonna... <laughs> And then there was uh, reporters who, after her sentencing, they were like, well, the reason she got second-degree murder and not uh, first-degree murder is because a lot of the jurors were men, and they just wanted to fuck her. Oh. So, like, there was that, too. There was that angle, Yeah. basically. So she was dubbed the Tiger Woman. Um, Okay. I I think it was just, like, whatever. 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 Let's come up with something. But there was also definitely, like, hammer murderess in a lot of the headlines. There was other ones, too, yeah. Yeah, but... It was the tie. It's the Tiger Woman case. Mm-hmm. So, Clara was last seen by prison guards at 2 a.m. the morning of the escape. So, her escape happened sometime between 2 a.m. and 7 a.m. Clara's husband, Armour, was immediately suspected in helping her escape. So, he was taken into custody where he denied it. And this is an excerpt from the LA Times. And it's just like a little blurb on the side of the article about okay. like a statement made by uh, one of the supervisors. I guess it's like a police supervisor is what I assumed. It just says Supervisor Cogswell. Uh-huh. The headline... Supervisor Cogswell. <laughs> the, the, the headline to this little tiny uh, blurb says, pun fails to bring smile. I mean, come on. That's why I had to read that. Yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Supervisor Cogswell yesterday discussing the escape of Clara Phillips from the county jail declared indignantly why that old jail isn't good enough for a chicken coop. Said Supervisor Wright, you're right, it couldn't even hold a chicken, and nobody laughed. Well, it's not funny. I didn't get I thought how he was that's gonna, a pun. I thought he was going to go, well, it, also, it, it, it couldn't hold a chicken or a tiger woman. <laughs> 
that's not a pun. Right. But you could say, like, well, maybe it could have held a chicken, but, not but a certainly tiger. not a tiger. That would have made more sense. Yeah. So, and it wouldn't have been a pun, but I think everyone would have been like, oh. I just enjoyed that this cop's joke fell flat in front of everyone. I love and that. And that they printed it Because in the I paper. don't get the joke. I don't get how it's a joke. I don't get the joke was, or the pun. He was clearly trying to make a joke. And I love that the paper printed it. There's nothing better for me than watching a man fail at comedy. I love it. Because <laughs> they're so confident. Right. It's like they've, they've never known that they're not funny. And they're like, ha-ha, pause for, pause for the, uh, the laughter. Right. And nothing happened. Right. Okay, fine. Well, okay. Well, any more questions? It's like they just want to move on. Right. But we know. We know. I love it. I you, love that newspaper writer. That was a great own to even put that in the paper. I hope a woman did that. Me too. Okay. Authorities suspected that Clara had headed for the Mexican border, so they kept their sights on the area. Now, fake sightings of Clara started to pop up all across the country. In fact, several women that were believed to be Clara wound up being arrested and questioned by mistake. Even women who were just named Clara, they're like, that's her. That's the tiger woman. I don't know what the hell was going on with all of this, like, like, I mean, I guess it was since it was the early 20s, it was harder to, like, positively identify somebody. Right. Because you didn't have computers and like, shit. Oh, they look, they've logged onto Facebook. Right. Their location is Mexico. <laughs> like, no, but I mean, they couldn't identify the person they were arresting falsely. To like, They were just like, oh, she's been sighted at this restaurant. Let's get her. Yeah. And then they arrest some they random arrest, person. Yeah. It right. seems very sloppy. Yes. But the tiger woman was nowhere to be found. In April of 1923, over four months after her escape from jail, another sighting of Clara was reported in San Salvador, El Salvador. But this time, the sighting had credibility. She was reported to have been accompanied by a man named Jesse Carson. And on April 20th, 1923, Clara was finally arrested in Honduras. She had been staying at a hotel under the name R.M. Young, Prior to her capture, she had stayed in a number of hotels across Central America. She was with this guy named Jesse and a woman that they were like, is that your sister, Etta May, like your other sister, not uh-huh. the one who took the stand? So all three of them were arrested. And then shortly after, authorities received a letter that was dated like a few weeks prior from March 11th, like about a tip. With that they had someone had seen cl- sightings of Clara Phillips and Jesse Carson, and in the letter they described what Clara and Jesse Carson looked like to the authorities. And this is a description of Jesse Carson as written by whoever was writing this tip to the police. The man is rather red-haired, an American about five feet nine inches in height. Thin, wears glasses, apparently about 50 years of age, high cheekbones, practically no chin, fairly well-dressed, gives the name Carson, drinks a lot, appears to be of weak character and below the average in intelligence, says he is looking for a place to establish a grocery store and would prefer to get it in some quiet place and wait for the place to grow up rather than pay high rents in a highly developed city. Um... So, yeah, that's just I mean, imagine this- how I would have turned him in, too, because I was like, how dare you bore me with that grocery store story? <laughs> right, like, I don't need his whole life story. I don't what need do you the look grocery- like? I like? I like the no chin. I do, She's too. Like, you know what? Fuck him. He had no chin no and a weak chin, character. A weak character and a weak chin also. It was also weak, by the way. <laughs> Did you know that his chin was weak? Yeah. Okay. Clara was held in a Honduras jail pending her extradition to the States. About a week later, she was, after a week... About a week after she was arrested, a group of Hondurans plotted to help Clara escape from jail again. Really? And they, they found a ladder, like, by her cell. And they're like, hey. But they, she did not escape. I'm shocked that people are turning her in in Central America. Like, they know her face well enough. Like, are, are, are like, American police just, like, putting an all-points bulletin in Central America? People, for people are on there? the lookout in Central America. <clears throat> People are on the lookout in Central America because it was rumored for a long time that she was in Mexico. Right. So I'm just surprised at all the resources going in to find her. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, she's the Tiger Woman. I guess she escaped. So it's like a big case. Yeah. I mean, this case dominated headlines right. for a long time. Yeah. Like, it really was a sensational story. 
So on May 26th, Clara began her extradition to the States and back to California. First, she traveled by boat from Honduras to New Orleans and then by train to San Quentin Prison. I guess they had women there. I guess. At that time. Yeah. Do they have women? I don't think they have women. I don't know. I'm sure that at some point they had to split it up, right? Yeah. But at this time they had women and men, obviously in separate yeah. areas. So May, this is a May, so she's in prison, right? And the following year, May 1924, the LA Times posts an article and the headline is, Bobbed hair fad invades prison cell. So I guess in 1924 was like the era where every woman was bobbing her hair like Louise Brooks. Outrageous. Right? Yeah. Um, and so they wrote a whole fucking article about the bobbed hair craze and how, oh, the prison girls are doing yeah. it too. Here's the article. Uh, San Francisco, May 19th. Not even the steel bars and heavy stone walls of San Quentin prison can disrupt the natural affinity between women at the stone walls. Wait, the natural affinity between women and dame fashion. Oh, okay. Recent visitors to the penitentiary have brought out the tale that the female convicts are imitating the foibles of women of the outside world, even to the extremities of bobbing their hair and rolling their stockings. Wow. Prison gossip credits Mrs. Virginia Clark, sentenced to pass the remainder of her life in San Quentin for the murder of her husband in Oakland, with having introduced the bob hair vogue. She is the woman's ward barber and tried it first on herself. A desire for shorn locks swept the ward. Clara Phillips, the hammer murderess of Los Angeles, <laughs> imprisoned for the slain of Alberta Meadows, whom she charged with vamping her husband, is one of the many San Quentin women to sacrifice her hair to style. And to make it virtually unanimous, Mrs. Josephine Jackson, the matron, and her assistant, Mrs. Catherine Deniger, are displaying the latest mode in shingles, the last word and clip in her stute brevity. A very, very few have stern, stood firm for the old-fashioned standards of womanly loveliness, among them Mrs. Louise Pete, doing life for the murder of Jacob Denton, Los Angeles mining man. So basically they're saying, you know, all the, all the girls and everyone's got the bob hair. It was a news story. I love how that uh, murderesses would care about tradition. Right. <laughs> it's like they're killing people. Like right. I don't think they, they care about having woman loveliness. Like I, I, just, I just love the... They actually did an article on women's prison fashion. Right. I thought it was funny. And then that led me to another article about how there was a, around that same time, there was like a nurse's strike somewhere because the nurses had bobbed their hair and all the fuddy-duddy men were like, ah, you can't bob your hair. It's insane. Like, like the whole idea. I that, just want a manageable haircut. Yeah. Leave me alone. Everything men do is to make women... <laughs> feel controlled <laughs> totally like back then especially totally in 1926 clara was granted furlough to see her ailing mother in san diego in 1927 clara attempted suicide and was kept under close watch by prison guards and in 1929 clara wrote a letter to the governor of california begging for an early release but her request was denied which seems i get it and she murdered someone a, she murdered someone, and B, she escaped from prison. Yeah. And yeah. was on the lam for four months. Right. Okay? In 1932, Clara met a dashing inmate named Thomas Price while in the dental office. So they both worked in the dental office. Okay. And I guess men could work there, too, alongside the women. And they got the hots for each other. Yeah. They wanted to fuck each other, and they managed to carry on a secret relationship for a little bit, but they were eventually caught when a love note that Clara sent to Thomas was accidentally intercepted by a prison employee, and they're like, hey. Yeah, no fucking. No fucking in prison. Yeah. Can't do it. No fucking the no You gotta fucking fuck another woman. Right. No fucking <laughs> the men in prison. You can't do that. And I'm sure this was like a really, I'm sure he looked really hot in prison and he was a younger man. He's probably man. working out a lot. No, but I just mean like, <laughs> it's like when you're in rehab and everyone's hot. Right. I was thinking of you cause I was like, oh, they're like fucking in a closet or like getting it in there. Right. Like real quickly. Right. I'm wondering all the yeah. places they, they're fucking and that's yeah. pretty hot. Yeah. You know? 
So I'm sure, like, I mean, I kind of, like, wanted them to con- wanted to know, like, oh, did they continue their romance after they both got out, but I couldn't find anything? I mean, here's the deal. Like, I'm sure neither of them would be as hot to each other outside of right. prison. Because yeah. it's not It's forbidden. limited options. It's, well, it's limited options, and it's also not forbidden yeah. anymore. It kind of loses its appeal. Right. So Thomas was put in solitary confinement, and Clara had her privileges taken away, and her next parole hearing date was set back. In 1933, Clara and several other women inmates at San Quentin were transferred to Tehachapi State Prison in Kern County. So I assume that's like, okay, we have this women's state prison that we're sending all the women inmates to or whatever. Uh, I don't know. I don't know the history of San Quentin. Right. I don't either. Maybe I have to look it up because a lot of famous people have gone there. Um, And I grew up very close to it. Yes. So... That's wild, right? Whenever I park Larkspur Land... Or or what is it? The Landing? Yeah, Larkspur Landing. Yeah. It's wild to see it right there. It's like, oh, it's just right there. I always (laughs) forget that I grew up so close to San Quentin Prison. Yeah. And, like, you just pass it. Yeah. You're like, oh, there it is. No, I passed it every time I go into Marin. I passed it. One of the most famous prisons. Right. And, like, for big crimes, like, yeah. Huge. Like... It's like a... What is it? High maximum... Maximum security. Mm -hmm. And, like, really notorious criminals yeah, it's are crazy. in there. And I'm just like, oh, you're there, and I'm just here yeah, chilling. Eating a sandwich at a, a – eating a $20 sandwich. Yeah, eating a bullshit <laughs> $20 sandwich. It's this crazy. country is so stupid. They have a lot of good restaurants right there now, too. I know. I've yeah. heard it's like – It's been, really good. Well, they have been building it up. When we were there on Christmas, we, like, stopped into that little shopping center to buy my four-year-old brother a Christmas present. Right. And I was like, what is all this, like, bougie stores here yes, that just popped it's up? it's all bougie. It was called the Larkspur Landing Country Mart, and it yeah. was, like, an offshoot. The food, the restaurants there are good. It was, like, a it was like a Marin County version of the Malibu Country Mart. Yeah. It's, okay. Anyway, so, where are we? Okay. And on... June 17th, 1935, Clara was released from prison once and for all at the age of 36, having served 12 years and 15 days of her sentence. And she ended up getting divorced from her husband two years later. Okay. Like... So he was still with her all that time, basically. Yeah. But I think they, like, fell out of love, you know, pretty quickly. Um, But yeah, that's Clara Phillips, the tiger woman. Um, I mean, she got out... When she was 36, so she had, like, a whole life ahead of her. Yeah. But she stayed out of the press, I mean, because she just ended up moving back to San Diego to stay with her mom, who was, like, not dead yet, but sick. I mean, I think it's funny, because for us, it's like, 36, you have a whole life, but back then, 36 is like, oh, old maid, you're over the hill, just give up, like, right? That is so true. Even, like, looking at the pictures of her, I'm like, she's supposed to be 23? Yeah. She just looks older. Right. Well, she got married really young, too, She was right? 14 when she got married. I mean, yeah. That's crazy that she didn't have more of a life after this. I didn't hear anything about it. I mean, she probably was like, you know what? I got lucky getting only 12 years or yeah. having to only serve 12 years. Right. I'm going to keep a low profile. The husband, however, Armour, ended up being arrested for a few things, like oh. things like fraud. And there was even one arrest I read in one of the papers that said that Armour Phillips was arrested for going 35 in a 33 speed limit zone. So they were both criminals. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, what if Armour killed her? Is that a possibility that was ever sort of proposed? No, no. It was definitely the two of these girls. Okay. Yeah, it was. The, they drove up. It was like... Claire. Whatever happened to the red-haired man with the grocery store? Nothing? That, um, that was just another guy? He got guy. sent to prison. So that was just someone she met and was on the on the lam They lit? were on the lam together. Okay. He apparently was also on the lam because he was wanted for arson for burning someone's house down on Christmas Day. These are all bad people. Yeah. Except for, I mean, I don't know. Well, I mean, Peggy, she just stood there. <laughs> Peggy is she was it, passively bad. Peggy was passively bad. Peggy should have intervened. But what about Mrs. What is her name? Mrs. McElroy. I mean, she also seems like she she's got some responsibility. She stirred the pot because we don't actually know if they were actually having an affair. But she started all the rumors. Yeah. And then she was like, ooh, whoopsie. <laughs> she just like, <laughs> yeah. she like Oops. shut her curtains right. like when the murder happened. Totally. She's like, oops, oops, oh, oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> hey, look. I'm just supplying the information that I heard. I just heard She's, like, at the nail salon, like, okay. So, like, that's where she gets all her information. Right. 
I mean, it's sad. It, it, the whole thing is a mess. All the people involved in this are a mess. I just can't. I mean, that is such a brutal way to murder Look, someone. Alberta is the victim here in all of this. I know. Alberta Even was, she was having an affair. Right. I mean, you it doesn't matter. That. Like, that's the husband. The husband's fault. More right. More than hers. Like, right. she's just like, whatever. Yeah. Like, she shouldn't be. She might not even know. We have no idea what the husband said to How her. How many like, times have people who are cheating on their spouse lied about even being in a relationship? Right. Lied about it or, like, we're separating or we haven't oh my been God. together. I mean, the we're separating. I just don't believe that Alberta would do something like that. <laughs> For some reason, like she's a widow. Like, right. what are the chances she's like now? I'm gonna like go after a married man. Like, it just seems very unlikely. Yeah, and like I mean, I also w- she denied it when she was being beat. Like, I, I don't yeah, know, like, she did. She's like, I didn't do it. I didn't do yeah. it. Um, and I really, I really think, um, and the fact that she didn't have a good comeback for um, what's it called for Clara. When she said, you're a dirty dog, she's like, you're a dirty dog. Right. That doesn't seem like a woman who's really good at owning bitches. So she's probably a gentle soul. I think so. Because she could have said, oh, really? Because when your fucking husband is... <laughs> like, you <laughs> right. know what I mean? Like, if you were really fucking someone's husband and they called you a dirty dog... You'd be like, your husband likes it when oh, I'm really? a dirty dog. Your husband likes it when I lick up his... <laughs> my sick... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not going to... Like, Just no, say it. Okay. I'm not going to... Your husband likes it when I put peanut butter on his dick. <laughs> Lick it up, just like a dirty dog. That's what your husband calls me. <laughs> your husband, Look, I know how that dog stuff works. Your husband likes stories. it when I go, yeah, make him dig up things in the yard. <laughs> he likes when I dig up his bone. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying, he likes it when I get on all four. <laughs> That's how that's how the doggy style was invented. Right. Was saying you're dirty like, oh yeah, I'm a oh, dirty really? dog. Yeah. Well he likes it like this, just yeah. like a doggy. He likes it when I I make him get on all fours and then peg him like <laughs> He likes it like when I'm on, he likes it when I'm on all fours and I lift up one leg and just start peeing everywhere. I tell him it's squirt, but it's really pee. He opens up his mouth real wide. <laughs> dirty I call him my little dog. fire hydrant. <laughs> they invented know, like, puppy play. If I was like getting murdered, I would be like, you know what? I'm going. Out I'm with going. Out I'm style. going out like yeah, flame like in in flames. I'm just gonna tell you. I'm gonna go. You fucking even if suck. I didn't do it, I'd I'd like I would own her. If you until, know that you're getting, I'd give murdered. her something to think about for the rest of her life. <laughs> that's what I do in my split second. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, you, you give them to. something, or you say at some, some point you got to have your petty side take over right. and just accept your fate and be right. like, okay, fine. How can I make the best of this? You tell them something that's going to drive them mad for the rest of their right. life. That is the last thing you say to them exactly. before they kill you with that. And on their deathbed, final blow. that you, something you said will be their rosebud. Yeah, they're like, yeah, doggy, doggy style. <laughs> I said. <laughs> Ducky bowl? What the hell? (laughs) Doggy doggy bowl. I mean that's what you're gonna say on your deathbed. They did something with the doggy bowl. Okay. I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, I think they did it always. (laughs) In our theor in our theoretical uh, owning session. Yeah. Um Wow. Yeah. I never heard of that. And I still want to, I'm going to look up pictures of look her. Look up pictures of everyone. We'll mm-hmm. post them on our Instagram. I promise we'll actually post pictures this week. Well, we do a pretty good job. Yeah. Uh, also. Yeah. <laughs> Calm down, people. <laughs> also, next week, well, my next episode, next week's Desi show, but the following week, I'm going to talk about this other broad who okay. was in jail with Clara. Because okay. she was like in the headlines for a long time also. Okay. So we're doing like a little femme fatale. I don't know if she's a femme fatale. We're doing a dangerous woman murderous. of the 20s. A murderess woman of the 20s. Yeah. The okay. dog pound. The, do- <laughs> the original dog pound. They like to do it doggy style. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, All right. Okay, cool. Awesome. Okay, that's it. Thank you. Bye. Bye.